Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Well, welcome back to another episode, episode. of Uncensored. <laughs> I feel like we need like a banjo intro for that. <laughs> you guys all of a sudden went to a southern accent. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Kentucky. That's the bourbon drawl. You weren't supposed to let them know that. We, oh, okay. That we actually have a Boston accent for the show. <laughs> we, we all just act like we're from this area. Yeah. yeah. Hi, best, y'all. How y'all doing? The best is uh, you get a little liquid courage in Brad and his draw comes yeah. in a little more. His roots start showing. Yeah. I always thought, because I lived in Alabama. I'm from the Midwest, so I get I've uh, I got family from Northern Iowa, and so I get the Minnesota at like mm-hmm. I hear the Minnesota. I used to live in the South. I've been I know some East Coast people like in New York. Uh, I've talked with some people from Boston before, and uh, even like in California, they it may not seem like it, but they have their own like hey like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Valley man. It, it, yeah. it, it's it's true. And uh, I always thought, like, I always thought, which one? If I didn't have this no accent, because I'm from Iowa, no accent. I don't think I do anyway. And uh, which one I would not want? And of all of them, I think I would rather have a Southern accent than a "Oh, how you doing?" type uh, Wisconsin <laughs> Minnesota accent. Yeah. So I'm with you, Dan. Like, I don't feel like I have an accent either, but it's funny, like, where we're at. If I go north of here, like, a little ways, and I start talking with people, they're like, oh, where in the south are you from? Mm -hmm. And then if we go south from here, I start talking to people, and they're like, oh, you sound like you're from the north. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. identity crisis i mean I don't going know what to, i am going to school in lexington uh mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people from ohio that go to uk and mm-hmm. so hanging out with those people they mm-hmm. always thought it sounded like a redneck but then you got like 20 minutes outside of lexington mm-hmm. when we had friends from winchester and they were country mm-hmm. um or you know it sounded very southern much more southern than, mm-hmm. than yeah. louisville so i've been watching this um season eight of alone on netflix and there's this girl on there that she's i think she's from like part of wyoming but then she moved to either australia or great britain and it is the weirdest thing that she's putting on it's like collaboration of accents yeah it's very very strange it's kind of got both and me and dan have talked that we think that maybe she's just putting it on and mm. then she does it because she's only been from in great britain for like five years oh, and okay. so i'm like do you really like translate your accent that trying quickly? to fit in yeah. especially as an adult yeah have you ever That's watched funny. uh we had a girl in high school who uh was a foreign exchange student for one like uh, a year and she came back and she started talking with this european accent <laughs> and we're like this is fake this is not real you need to stop it because you're starting to annoy us and she's, yeah. and then like a couple weeks later, she didn't have it anymore. So <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I don't know though. We, one last comment on this, and I guess we can move on. But no, I have a show reference. Okay. But yeah. Well, no, I was just gonna say that. 
in my in my other job, I, I work with a guy. I don't, I don't want to give out too much information about this guy, but like he he's Eastern European, like born and raised, moved to America like in his late teens, early twenties. And if you talk to the guy, he sounded like he was born and raised in rural central Kentucky. Really? Yeah, like somehow. And when he came over here, he couldn't even hardly speak. Like he could speak some English, but not much. He's a spy. Uh, maybe. I don't know. But like, <laughs> I mean, it is. It's crazy. You tell people like, oh, yeah, he's from this country. And they're like, no. Nah. It's like, yeah, he is. Um. So the show reference I was going to make, and Dan, I don't know if you watch Letterkenny, but <laughs> the guy that plays McMurray. Bobby McMurray yep. has those YouTube videos where he switches all these accents. Yep. I'm like, how? I can't even – my brain doesn't work fast enough to do that. And it's so that. funny because his character in the show just is like – sounds like Boom Hour. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. Anyways. Well, speaking of going north in accents, I went north yeah, you this did. Uh, last week for a little turkey hunting. You did. What yep. do the birds look like up north? Uh, they just look like turkeys. Uh. Yeah. How far up north? Um, like Canada? No. I was just central Ohio area. Oh. But it is north of here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> up the north woods. Yeah. Okay, it would be funny it? if turkeys gobbled in southern accents <laughs> or gobble, east coast gobble, accents. Gobble. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all come on, sit down, spell. <laughs> uh, gobble, dude. gobble. Whereas the northern turkeys are like, I don't know, gobble, Soul. gobble, get it, get out of here, go away. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, a Ted Boogie TikTok where uh, he's with Paul Campbell. That's who I was with. Okay. Turkey and, hunting. And Paul's like doing his um, slate call, I guess. And uh, Ted Boogie's like, they can't understand your northern accent. You got to hit him with the down south. And he breaks out his uh, beer can. The bush latte. Yeah. (laughs) It's really funny. Well, yeah. Speaking of the north and Paul Campbell and turkey hunting, that's I went up to uh, central Ohio area, met up with our good friend Paul Campbell um, from the O2 podcast and the How to Hunt Turkey podcast. Yeah. and we did a little turkey hunting in his neck of the woods. Um, so I, we hunted, let's see, I headed up there Tuesday. We hunted Tuesday afternoon and evening, and then we pretty much hunted all day Wednesday and then hunted Thursday. And then Thursday he had to he had to go even further north for work, and that's when I decided to come home after our morning hunt. But it was a good time. Saw turkey. Did you all hunt public land? Probably. We did a little bit of both. We did mostly private. Um, Paul's got permission this year on a section, a pretty decent section of private land and we hunted there tuesday in the evening and then we hunted there all day wednesday and then thursday we hit public land um but we kind of did a little bit of everything as far as like the different ways you can hunt turkey that was my next question yeah um paul's mentioned it on his podcast before too there's kind of the two main ways to kill turkey is with your seed or with your feet and we did both um we didn't kill any turkey though spoiler alert um y'all get any close yeah so crazy story so the first day like i said we got up there in the afternoon and it was like boots on the ground immediately like i pulled in ran in changed real quick jumped in his truck and we went like no time to be like hey welcome let's hang out a minute i know you've been driving for a while no it was just right to it which i was all for um and we got out there there was actually a hen out in the field that we were wanting to set up and when we got out there so she kind of altered where we were setting up and Paul kind of army crawled out there real quick and got a decoy set and I set up where we would be sitting and sat there and it was kind of a testament to like even if you're not hearing the birds but you're just calling like they can hear you and Mm -hmm. eventually one's going to come 
check out what's going on. So we were out there for, I don't know, three and a half, four hours just looking this field over and nothing. And then out of nowhere, Paul, I think, was, like, looking down, doing something real quick, and I just go, Paul, there's a turkey in the field. He looks up, and this turkey comes up over the draw and starts walking right towards us, gets a little closer. That's when we see it's a tom. I was like, all right. And we had been calling for a while, so this tom's just coming to check out this hen that's been making a bunch of noise. Um, we had a Jake decoy out there with the hen decoy, uh-huh. and we even talked about it on the way out there if we wanted to do that or not, and we're both fairly convinced that that was maybe a bad move, um, which I don't know the science behind it. I don't know if there's any fact behind it. Just in my personal experience, I've learned that it seems like the later the season goes on, the more afraid or – and I don't even know They're if They're tired afraid, of getting their ass kicked in fights. Yeah, I don't even know if afraid is the right word. Um, but just the more – the later the season goes on – they're more they're gonna avoid a jake decoy whereas a hen decoy might still bring them in Mm. um so yeah i don't know if they're tired of fighting the whole time i don't know if they're just tired of being like dude like the 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 analogy i gave to paul was like you know if like that scrawny little dude comes up to you in the bar late at night and wants to fight and it's like i don't want anything to do with you dude like i'm just gonna leave yeah Yeah, so (laughs) why would it have worked like earlier in the season. I think because earlier in the season, kind of they're still maybe working on like that lecking order of like establishing mm. who's okay. dominant, but also, I mean, they're breeding at that point. So it's like, no, I'm I'm going to breed, not you. Right. Okay. Because it's a Jake decoy and this was a Tom out in the field. Yeah. So it kind of, it got within like, I don't know, maybe 70, 80-ish yards and it never saw us, never spooked, nothing like that, but he just turned and went the other way. And for a minute, we thought he might have been hooking and looping around behind us. So we kind of got ready for that if that had happened, but it didn't. And then that was kind of the end of that day. Um, We were hoping to maybe roost some birds, but we didn't see any go to the roost headed out and then we were right back out there early the next morning i think we got like three hours of sleep when everything was all said and done um got set up and late in the season again nothing on the limb birds weren't gobbling didn't hear anything Mm. and that day we got set up in the spot that we actually wanted to be set up in the evening before um make a long story short same thing just quiet morning didn't see anything did a lot of calling and then kind of early in the afternoon 200-ish yards away through the field, I see a hen. And she's slowly working her way towards us. And at this point, we had set up just a single hen decoy. Um, She's getting closer, and she gets probably, again, probably 70, 80 yards from us. And she turns, and she starts yelping into the woods. And it's hard to explain how we're set up, but we're kind of set up with the property line right to our back looking into the the property that we can hunt. And she's walking that property line. Well, she turns and starts yelping into these woods. And then maybe 40 yards off to her left, we hear him just hammer. And we're like, oh, let's, let's get ready. So start hunkering down. This is getting serious. We start calling to the hen. She's yelping. Every time she yelps, that Tom's just hammering back at her. Paul sees the Tom before I do. I think he's just saying, like, there's a Tom in there. And I'm like, well, duh, like, I can hear it. But what he was actually trying to say is, like, he's got – he can see it. <laughs> um, but this Tom is on the other property, like, mm. kind of behind us. So I get repositioned in a way to where when and if that Tom crosses that property line, and it's he's going to have to fly a fence probably because uh-huh. it's, a, it's a pretty substantial, like uh, – 
I guess woven wire fence would be the best way I could describe it with a barbed wire top. It's a good quality fence. Like this turkey's probably not going through the fence anyway. It's probably not going under the fence. This turkey's going to have to fly the fence to get to where we are. And our hope is that he's going to see the hen, the real hen, get close to our decoy, hear us calling, and, you know, it's going to be something that he can't refuse, and he's going to fly that fence and come over. Well, the hen comes right into our decoy. At one point, she's probably four feet from me because she came into our decoy and then like cut around closer to us and walked right in front of us we're dead still statues not moving because if she sees us this whole thing's over um probably about four feet from us at one point and then she walks past us and that's when i see the tom for the first time and he is right on the other side of the fence in the woods with a bearded hen uh, and interesting. Oh. yep it was it was interesting and every boy. time this hen the, the real hen is yelping into the woods. He's just hammering. Bah, bah. And How far is he away from So the closest he got to us conservatively was probably 15 feet. I'm thinking he was probably oh closer than goodness, that. Oh, my goodness, dude. So but he was right behind you. Right kind of behind us and to our left. Like I said, it's kind of hard to explain exactly how we were set up, but we're right on this property line. And he stayed in the woods on the other property the whole time. And – Got you think to the it was point. A fence, fence, and a hen on one side. And fence and the hen, and we're even not so sure that maybe he never even saw our decoy. Honestly, mm. with you know, you got to think about how high off the ground he can actually see, and he's kind of down in that, like just a slight dip, and then you got the woods and everything right there. We think he maybe just never saw it, or if he did see it, he just wasn't interested. But he the whole time stayed in the woods with that bearded hen, never came out into the field, and just walked out of our lives forever. How long did that all go on? That that whole ordeal probably from when we saw the hen yelping into the woods and he was gobbling up until the point that they were behind us and gone was probably a 45-minute ordeal. Mm. What time of day was that? 2.30 in the afternoon. Really? Yep. (laughs) So weird. Was he still gobbling when he was 15 feet away? No. When he got close to us, he quit gobbling, which, I mean, I've heard gobblers crack off right next to me before Mm -hmm. and if that's something you've ever experienced i mean it it is their hair stands on end it hits you in the chest like it you literally feel them gobbling and it it, the gobble sounds so much different too when they're that much closer me and paul were talking about that after the whole thing like they almost sound mechanical is the best way to describe it yeah um did you happen to hear him spitting and drumming like he was in strut at all no, he Hungry. never strutted. We never heard it. And uh, so, you know, Paul obviously is ate up with turkey, as we all know, and has a lot of connections and talks with a lot of biologists and stuff. And I can't remember if he was talking about an interview that he had done with Dr. Ashby or maybe with Dr. Chamberlain, but was talking about how they're kind of starting to find out that Tom's are even drumming at a frequency that we can't hear with our ears. Huh. And we were wondering if maybe that was going so on. It's almost like a light purr. I don't know what it would be, honestly. Hmm. Um, But we're almost wondering if he wasn't maybe doing something like that, which is what was getting the hen worked up. Um, Interesting. It was interesting, but let me ask let me ask you a question about the vegetation. Mm -hmm. I've never hunted. uh, I've never been turkey hunting this late in the season before. I mean, I'm used to hunting where you can see almost straight through the timber. Maybe the the there's some green buds on the on the stems and things like that was the vegetation an issue compared to maybe like an October, uh, uh, an April hunt. It, where we were, I don't believe so. It, this, this property we were on is first off, it's just beautiful. I mean, when you picture like your stereotypical, like kind of meadows, 
that you just picture like your spring turkey hunting in that's what this place is it's a it's a cattle farm um i think they do some other stuff out there it's very well cared for um and then the field that we were hunting in they had just tilled a lot of the edge of the field up to plant beans Mm -hmm. um so the grass wasn't super tall because i know i run into that problem with the property i hunt here in kentucky late in the season is it's a it's a hay field basically and when you start getting later into the season that grass gets so tall that the birds don't even want to go out into it man it's it is crazy my trail camera between the last weekend of turkey season which was three weeks ago mm-hmm. two weeks for ago, us yeah and now i mean it shot up like a foot and a half just uh-huh. pow came out of oh nowhere. yeah i mean i know i know some guys that are already laying down hay here yeah so i mean yeah it's getting tall i here. could see it being very different at this point if but, we were still open oh yeah but where we were this property like i said the this field that we were overlooking is going to be planted for beans the grass was i mean there was no grass on the edge of the fields at least because it was all tilled up there in the woods um you were i mean it's typical kind of central ohio hardwoods very similar to kind of what we're seeing here um you know maple oak trees uh, this property has a lot of sycamore trees um good mature growth in the under growth was just not very tall um sycamores like water too is there, a mm-hmm. creek? there was a yeah. creek that ran through there and like i said i mean this this property is gorgeous i mean it's it's a place that you look at and you think to yourself like a turkey has to die here <laughs> it is just the <laughs> stereotypical just spring meadow turkey hunting property that you picture um beautiful piece of property but so i mean that was i don't think it was dan i don't i don't think vegetation yeah. was an issue um i think it's just turkeys being turkeys which is what me and paul kept saying all week it's just turkeys being turkeys um, i think that's what bad hunters say yeah. Sorry. <laughs> this, this guy nice this guy nice he's out of the truck to the roosted tom yeah yeah um so yeah that was saturday or not saturday i keep thinking it was like a weekend but it wasn't that was i guess wednesday thursday yeah and then thursday we hunted a section of public land that paul's very familiar with he's hunted out there a lot a beautiful section of public land that was a run and gun type situation we were on our feet all morning walking around was calling a lot nobody was there um it in a way kind of upset me and i like don't want to get on like a soapbox too long but this this section of property is gorgeous it's public land all kinds of great hunting out there it looks like this place has potential um deer sign everywhere paul's killed a lot of turkey out there and i can think of places here in kentucky that are not far from us that have potential to be as good as this place and i just don't feel like they're managed as well and that that can i think a lot of maybe management is part of it but then also just people trashing it Uh we have these beautiful sections of public land here that have tons of potential that are just trashed. Yep. And that's uh that's a nationwide issue, dude. People mm-hmm. have absolutely zero risk. I'm not saying everybody, but yeah, you, you know, when you can go, when you pull in to a, a public land parking spot and it, it's probably not the hunters per se who are mm-hmm. doing it, but when you, there's bags of garbage and like bed, old bed mattresses and things mm-hmm. like that. It's probably not the hunters who are doing it. It's just it's just dirt bags who have no respect for yeah you know the land. And that's kind of I don't want to get on the soapbox like I said, but I, I kept dropping I kept name dropping a section of public land to Paul the whole time we were out there of a an area that I've done quite a bit of hunting out here, and I'm like this place is what could this be. place I'm talking about in Kentucky could be if yeah. it was 
I hate that I said manage it, manage it in the right word, but it was just better cared for by the people that use it and are around it. And so you're not pointing the finger at DNR. No, no, I think citizens. I, I think Kentucky Fish and Wildlife's doing a, a a very good job out there, and and I think the hunters and the people that use this property are doing a good job of trying to keep it clean. It's like what Dan's saying. It's not the hunters and people that are using this land that are trashing it. It's the townies. Yeah, and yeah, but yeah. but it was a great. <laughs> It was a great hunt. Um, I'm excited to hear what you compare it to yeah, when we get off here. I will. Didn't, uh, I'll tell you, didn't see or hear any birds that day, though. Paul swore he heard a gobble. We chased after it for a little while. I think maybe he's just insane. I think he just hears <laughs> gobbles time all the time. Yeah. We just hear it all day. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was a good time. It was a very good time. And I did a little bit of fishing, too, one evening when I was up there that I guess it was Wednesday. Um, we got in with a few hours of daylight still, so I went out and did some fishing. Didn't get anything, but we're so going fishing with those boys this week. We are going fishing with those boys. I'm looking forward this to this weekend. Yep. Going up to Lake Erie, doing a little walleye trip. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, Andrew, our boy Glenn, mm-hmm. my buddy Drew from high school, some other people, Dan, Braden, yeah, you, me, big crew. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, two boats going out. There's a walleye festival going on, so there's you know good people watching. Oh yeah, I'm excited for that. Beer and corn dogs to go around, <laughs> so it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. That sounds like fun. Yeah. What kind of fishing is it? Is it like crankbait or is it like trolling? So I went on this trip last year. Um, we're going with the same group of guys and stuff like that. Uh, we went later in the year, and we were. I don't, jigging's probably not the right word per se what it was how we were doing it but we weren't trolling um and i know that that's like a big thing for walleye out on lake erie is a lot of people troll um not just lake erie really all the great lakes um but we we would kind of we get into an area where they knew the walleye were there and we would throw this rig that basically it was like a bottom bouncer and then maybe a foot off the bottom of it was like best way i could describe it was like a snell hook coming out but it almost looked like a worm harness that you would use when you're trolling and you bait it with a night crawler and just throw it out there let it hit bottom and then just let it swing in towards the boat and just kind of jig as you're fishing in and the walleye were hammering that Hmm. way yeah, it's interesting. I've never fished for walleye. I've caught small walleye mm-hmm. unintentionally, um, but I've never been out on a lake like this to fish for them. So I'm kind of like I told you, I, mm-hmm. I want to call the boat captain because my nature is an angler. I want to see what I've got that I can take and just chuck and try and whatever. Yeah, that's how I like to fish. But I'm gonna try to be good and follow his instructions. It, it was hard for me last year when we went. Yeah, because like I want to do more, and I'm like, Ugh. I got some <laughs> deep running crank baits and jerk baits yeah. that I would love to get out there and throw around. But mm-hmm. I think I'll just follow the captain's lead. That's why. Is I it pretty busy it. out there? I've never been on any Great Lakes fishing before. Is there a lot of boat traffic? Uh, there will be more this time. There will be more this time because this is the festival and this is kind of peak walleye season quote unquote i don't know that they really have a season for them like that's regulated i'm pretty sure you can fish them year round but like this is the time of year that everyone's after them big time um but so we went later in the summer last year and i mean yeah. there's definitely boats out there fishing but it didn't feel like you were overcrowded or anything man uh my uncle might well have been my dad's uncle so my great uncle used to have a cabin on oak island in the lake of the woods mm. and so it was a really cool trip. We flew into inter- or we we drove in through Baudette and then got to International Falls and then took a boat plane from there to Oak Island 
you know, a float plane. Mm-hmm. And then we would stay at this cabin. But the days that we went out fishing, man, there was so much boat traffic. And yeah. so everybody would, like, boats would get in a line to dr- uh, float past or drag or, or troll, whatever you want to say, over these specific features. And then you'd, you'd once you got past the, the structure, you'd turn around, haul ass as fast as you can, back to get in line again and do it. And it was so packed and there was so, it was so choppy. Uh, I think we caught like one fish in five days, kind of doing that type <sighs> of oh fishing. Oh gosh! And it it was just, I said to myself, dude, I'm never gonna do this this again. It was so it was, I don't know, it was disgusting because you'd get too close and people would give you dirty looks and you'd have to fight that as well. And mm, uh, yeah. so I don't know anything about the fishery. That was you know 15, 20 years ago when we did that, but. Uh, that's I amazing that you yeah. you used a float plane to get in somewhere remote and it's packed. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, I mean it was packed. I was just talking about Lake of the Woods this weekend about how much I want to go up there and fish, but that's disheartening to hear. What do you I mean, fish yeah. up there? Uh, walleye, walleye is big up there. Yeah, yeah that's the Northern Pike and perch. Smallies, smallies definitely. Yeah, we're going to Michigan. I think it's no, it's not Lake Michigan. I don't know. It's on the right side of Michigan. Yeah, that's not Lake of the Woods. Um, we're going is up there. Is that Traverse City? You said right side of Michigan? The right side. Yeah, Traverse is the left. Yeah, Traverse is the Traverse like middle, is up here. Middle left. Uh, yeah. um, anyways, geography. Lake Michigan's over here. Yes, yeah. I'm on the other side. Yeah, you're going to be on. Huron. Huron. Yeah, that's Huron. I'm too scared to say names because I said uh, a, a name of a camp spot up there that we were going to um i said potoski and i know that that is not it because uh, apparently brad got a lot of dms about, about my how, how dare you i think it's P- Pato- potoski potoski potoske <laughs> go ahead and Get kick a, that get off again <laughs> um anyways but we were talking this weekend about maybe doing some fishing and i told him you guys were going up there to do walleye and i wondered like what else there was what we could get into or like charters. pike are cool yeah yeah getting after northern pikes a lot of fun i like doing the that. ones with the teeth mm-hmm. yeah i guess they, they all have teeth a lot of them of. do stick a pair of pliers yep oh yeah if you okay. can find like good like submerged vegetation that's a really good place to fish for pike you went fishing this weekend, didn't you? Yeah. A little bit. We went pond fishing Friday. Um, we just fished with the neighbor. The kids would, like, crank out some bluegill. Mm-hmm. And when they'd get the right size, we would put them on our hooks and uh, oh, fish, fish with for us. bass. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really have any luck with that. But we were pulling out the little bluegill, and that was fun. Um, especially the kids. Like, they just want to pull something out of the water um saw a big snapping turtle but you know what this is the time of year where it's like prom time where we fished until dark Mm, dark 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 and then on our way back home um we were riding back home just like jumping property i guess and uh the lightning bugs are out Mm. oh yeah and you can uh smell the honeysuckle Mm mm-hmm it is like prom. 
I haven't seen now. we haven't seen the lightning bugs at our house yet. Oh, you haven't? No. Yeah, we just stopped in the middle of our field, and the kids got out, and they were trying to catch them, and we were just, like, watching That's awesome. it. It was amazing. This weekend kicks off for us, like, camping until basically school starts back up. Yeah. So school gets out this week, and then it's going to go until August, and we're like, camp, 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 camp. So. Yeah, we were talking this weekend about trying to get out with our kids sometime soon while the weather's not super hot. And I was telling Liz, like, the struggle of finding camping spots and everything that's going on. So if we're going to do it, we need to book something quick. Yeah. some. I mean, some of them you can, but some of them are a little bit harder than yeah. others. Hey, I got a question about camping. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. So my wife really wants to go to Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and my youngest boy is five, and then I have an eight-year-old, and then I have a ten-year-old. Okay? And so that's a big thing. Like going to Yellowstone, that's a big deal. I am telling her I think we should wait until my five-year-old maybe gets to eight or something like that, so he can really remember it and enjoy it. Uh, do you think I, uh, we should go at, at that young age to where he can get out and maybe do some more hiking and be active, or, or should we wait? This is the – okay, my husband and I are having the same conversation about Yellowstone because mm-hmm. I am dying to go to Yellowstone. Like, that is mm-hmm. the thing that I want to do. And uh, some other people – told us that because i wanted to start planning for it for next year because apparently you need to get like a year in advance like if you're going to camp out there the spots fill up quick or wherever you're going like you've got to get passes and and whatnot so i was like i want to start doing this now and my little boy is five and then my daughter is eight so they'd be like six and nine next year and mm-hmm. everyone's like, I think you should wait like another year or two so that your youngest is a little bit older and will like really remember the trip. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Jacob? <clears throat> My opinion is take them and then go again. Yeah, that <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking. Like we could yeah. always go again. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's you run the risk of them not remembering it or whatever, but I'm at, sure at that age they're – I, I have to feel like they're going to – so I won't get into the details, but we went to Alaska when I was very young. And even though there's a lot of that trip that I wish I could remember, mm-hmm. but I was I was young, there was still parts of that trip that even at that age, I remember that to this day. And I'm like, wow, that was incredible. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, they can go when they're adults too. Like, yeah. surely they want, they'll want to take their kids to Yellowstone. Yeah, it's not like you can like only go to Yellowstone once. It's yeah. not like you go yeah. once and then you get like a little thing and like you can't come back ever mm-hmm. again. Well, and it's not Europe where you've got to plan an extended period of time to be there, which is very – because we've talked about that with our kids, and that is definitely, like, wait till they're older because mm-hmm. there's, you know – Yeah. The, yeah especially the itinerary. Especially for Dan. I mean, he's kind of almost – for us, he's already halfway there to Yellowstone. Yeah. As far as yeah. travel time. Yeah. Man, I yeah. would do it. My, I, I think my youngest is almost four. I think she's probably a little too low on that range of feeling comfortable, honestly, just comfortable taking her to do that. Yeah. Uh, but my son, who is six, I would totally, if he was my youngest, yeah. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I just don't yeah. want to run into a scenario where, all right, the the little one's tired. We were in Yellowstone for the day. We've done something. Now he's tired, and he doesn't want to go on a hike or go do something, and then – 
I have to stay back and then I don't get to experience Yellowstone or my wife has to stay back and she doesn't get to experience this one thing. And so, I don't know. Th- those are the types of things that I'm thinking about when yeah. I'm trying to make my decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, to help with that stuff, you could always do some training hikes just like you would if you were going to go do some long hikes yourself. Yeah. You know, Get the kids out, see how they do on long days in the local area before you – yeah. make the long road trip out yeah i wouldn't yeah. be worried about the memory part though yeah. yeah my help when he like starts is he in kindergarten uh he is in preschool now but he'll be in kindergarten this fall yeah okay same with mine and i'm all, I'm all this is kind of off topic but i'm like okay well he'll get that full day of school coming up so yep. maybe that'll also yeah. train him for condition him yeah condition you're him, conditioned yeah. for yellowstone by going to school all day no mm-hmm. naps yeah. for you <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i mean the way our kids are when we go hiking is they they get so wrapped up in playing in creeks and stuff we may plan to hike four miles mm-hmm. but we get to two because we stop because they want to see so much stuff yeah right. so it's just you know like a route planning kind of scenario versus an all yeah. day what's crazy is me and my wife, we wanted to go in, we were in California. So we flew into San Francisco. Then we went to Napa Valley. My wife, my wife likes this wine stuff. And then, uh, (laughs) we went to Napa and then on the last day we headed straight to the coast and took the, uh, was that the Pacific crest or coast highway down to highway one back into San Francisco. Well, I looked at stopping at to go see the giant redwoods. There was mm-hmm. one place yeah. we were able to stop and go see, but there was um, there was so many people. They Then you had to get in line, and then now you had to buy tickets, and then the tickets went back for months and months and even years. And so some of these places, you know, there's no more being spontaneous on some of these mm-hmm. really big natural uh uh, resource areas like the the giant trees or even other state parks or federal parks where it's like you can't just go hey i'm gonna go to yosemite today you can't do yeah. that anymore you got you yeah. have to plan and, and prep these trips and so um i don't know I, we busy. went to i had a buddy that moved from kentucky to san francisco and we drove out there and i just went with him for fun and keep him company and we went through Yosemite, and it was crowded. Like, back yeah. then, it was crowded. And this was 2011, 12, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And it was extremely crowded to the point where it's, this doesn't feel like an, a national park should feel exactly. or whatever. Exactly. And I couldn't imagine the crowd level that has come up the last few years mm-hmm. where you can't even get in day of or there's hour-long waits at the gates to get in. Yeah. Same. And then you see these pictures. Uh, um, my favorite is seeing these pictures of the beaut- like the most beautiful pictures of Zion or arches. And then th- right next to it, it's like what you expect. And then reality, yeah. it's the same, it's the same image just with a thousand people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've seen those too. I was thinking about that when we were talking. They're uh, watching the elk rut. Mm. Yeah. With mm-hmm. a thousand people and. Rocky Mountain. Yep. Yeah. Really? Get outside anyways. Speak yeah. Crowds. yeah. Go do Heck it. Yeah. It doesn't once. have to be a big it doesn't have to be like a big major trip. I mean, you can go go down to your local boat landing and throw rocks in the water. That's what yeah. Yeah. Uh, my kids love like my my youngest or my oldest son when he was like three, man, I'd sit him on my lap 
and we'd drive this gravel road down to this boat landing, and he would throw sticks and rocks in the river for hours if you if I you know if my patient didn't run out first <laughs> that's all he wanted to do and so there's there's definitely other things to do than you know take these mom, these you know monumentous trips and things like that so yeah 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 I, I think uh as our kids get older and they're starting to ask about phones and they got their little handheld oh, yeah. nintendos and stuff it's like even more important to make sure that we're taking them outside as much as we can because I don't want them to just be stuck on that thing or, mm -hmm. you know, feel like they have to be dependent on that for fun. So get I don't want to be a, make them bored. I don't want to be a downer here. So I'm coaching. I'm a, a coach for football and I'm coaching, helping coach a baseball team. And you can see the effect on this this upcoming generation that like instagram or like uh i guess you would say nintendo and youtube and us like the sedentary lifestyle that comes with just playing video games and watch like i'm an 80s kid man i had a nintendo we played video games but i was also outside all the time yep. doing that but you I, you can see it like you can just see the activity level down. They're not as conditioned as kids previously were. Like a lot of that has to do with parenting, but it it is. I'm telling you right now, it is impacting children in a major yep. way. Generations to come at this point. Well, then maybe uh, Yellowstone and the next. 10 to 15 years won't be as crowded. They just want to play video games <laughs> and just, not go out there. It's like a virtual Yellowstone yeah. experience oh, that you gosh. get to, ugh. What's that movie? Wally -E or what was? Yeah, oh, Wally. -E. Where they have that world where yeah. people -E. just float around and eat Cheetos. And yeah, and they're like bubbles pops. of <laughs> They're so I, fat and in zero gravity that they that their bones aren't developed and they just eat like sugar and fat snacks and things like yeah. that and they're all morbidly obese that 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 movie is like sending a message yeah it's, 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 it's fun it's a fun movie but it's like it if you think about it it's like oh my god yeah. <laughs> yellowstone won't be as crowded public land areas won't be as crowded yeah, it'd be easier yeah. to draw tags in certain states yeah there goes all oh, the warm gosh. buckets on the creek yeah. i saw a video uh the other day and it was uh, a younger kid and he was just like kind of talking to the camera and he said I see I always hear older people talking about how they drink water from a hose outside and he said did y'all not have sinks or what <laughs> <laughs> or like like I was just like banging my head on the <laughs> table yeah. like no we were just outside or like your parents wouldn't let you back in or yeah, right. like you just played and you were thirsty. So you turned the hose on and, and at one point water didn't come out of the refrigerator door either. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. No kidding. Well, on that note, we're going to shut her down. Stay uh, wild. Yeah. Get your kids outside for goodness sakes. Get your family outside. Yeah. Uh, make sure you log this show. Whoa, 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 whoa. You got a tag, dude. We just, Almost we can talk. Hey, we can talk about that next week if you want. Well, I was trying to segue into it when I said it'd be easier to draw tags. Oh, talking about things. Being I didn't pick up what you were laying. Yeah, down. it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, do you want to give us a teaser then, at least, Dan? I'm interested. Okay, so I mean, shit. We might as well talk about it. I mean, let's go. For we it. Went, 
we we uh okay so for the last four years i've been going to south dakota mm-hmm. and south dakota used to be a uh, a state where it was an automatic draw you still applied mm-hmm. for it but everybody got a tag yeah well they reduced non-resident numbers and now it's to a preference point slash uh draw system yeah okay so this year i applied with zero points and i got the tag and so um i also applied to kansas with one preference point which According to everybody I've talked to, should get me in to Kansas. I was almost hoping not to draw, uh, not to draw uh, South Dakota, get that preference point, and then yeah. be able to go back and forth between South Dakota and Kansas, start yep. a rotation like that. But I think I'm gonna, if I had to guess, I'm probably gonna draw Kansas, and I'm gonna draw. Uh, I've already drawn South Dakota, so now I got to figure out what I'm gonna do as far as. Uh, you know, as far as planning is concerned. What is, is it deer tags, I'm assuming? Yeah, archery. Yeah. Archery deer. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's – I feel like that's still manageable, though. That's, I imagine yeah. – so is that tag, I mean, does it give you the season or is it just a tag for the whole season? Yeah, well, okay, well, it's for the archery. For So South Dakota is just for the archery season. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the archery season in South Dakota starts in – on September 1st, but mm-hmm. I can only hunt private property hmm. from October or from 1st, if I'm a non-resident, uh, from uh, September 1st to the last day of September. Then on October 1st is when non-residents are allowed to start hunting public. Uh-huh. And so that's the rule that they have. And okay. so that's because I have had bad experiences as, uh, on private and you know, it's just time of year. The closer that you are to November, mm-hmm. the, the just the movement, the cooler temperatures, mm-hmm. and things like that. I'll probably go second or third week in October to uh, to South Dakota, mm-hmm. like I have in the past, and then probably come back, try to hunt Iowa during the first week and a half of November, and then hit this like hit pro- try to time it where they start heavy rutting in mm-hmm. kansas probably the second third week in in november there okay so. yeah i might have to pick your brain about south dakota i haven't applied for anything in south dakota yet but i was going to do it this year to start on it and then i've got a couple points built up in kansas i i've only been getting points in kansas i haven't actually tried to draw a tag there yet but then yeah i'm i'm hoping to check off north dakota this year but that's going to be for waterfowl hunt but yeah 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 good the, deal man sounds like you're already planning fall it's gonna be busy it's gonna be yeah trying to and then trying to you know like the one thing i've really kind of fallen in love with this year is coaching football Mm -hmm. and so i i have to make the decision because in the years past i've i've put coaching to the side and just been a spectator uh but now number one the need for coaches and and just i've started to like fall in love with coaching again i i want to i'm going to try to i'm going to try to figure out how to balance this you know balance football and coaching and all that stuff so i don't know it's uh something's something's going to have to give hopefully i can find maybe an assistant coach that steps out or maybe the season will be over by the time i i start to hunt so we'll see yeah yep good deal 
Yeah, we uh, our kids are at the point where we have to sign up for fall soccer if we're going to do it, and it's yeah probably going to get taken away this year. <laughs> <laughs> not not because of hunting, but yeah. that's kind of like a side benefit. Oh yeah, yeah. which is crazy because man, when I was a kid, uh, summer was baseball, fall was football, or or soccer, and then in the uh, spring or spring was excuse me spring was soccer and then basically it was just those three sports right yeah. if you wanted to do something extra you had to go somewhere else to do it but now i live in a in i guess the two two most populated counties outside of des moines outside of the mm-hmm. des moines area the two most populated counties in eastern iowa and man now if your kid is not specialized in a sport by i'm going to say 10 years old they're getting overlooked and or outplayed in everything. So there's no more of this, hey, let's sprinkle in everything and have fun. It's getting serious real fast. And so yep. at some point, I'm going to have to sit my kid down and be like, hey, what do you want to do, unfortunately? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I used to coach some middle school and high school across too, and I loved the multi-sport athletes. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that translate between basketball and, and field sports and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And so these kids starting to specialize sucks to that degree of, you know, yeah. they're not getting the, the multidiscipline. But I've seen that with our boys, too, is that soccer kids are soccer kids already and they're yeah. 10 years old. So Yeah. Blows my mind. Crazy. Well, thanks for joining us, man. It's yeah. good to see you. Yeah, you too, guys. You too. Uh, make sure you log this show, get your points, get your rewards. We've got some cool stuff coming up. We got like a, we're banking some, some big stuff coming up for the rewards that will be running for the entire year. Uh, log the show. And then if you haven't shared this app with anybody, get out there, get a referral. They get 10 bucks to come in and shop. So do that, share Mm -hmm. it. We'll see y'all next week. See ya. Bye.